0: Hola, ¿qué tal? Welcome to the 10th episode of my podcast, My Mexican Mistakes. Today's Friday, July 26th of the year 2019. And I'm watching the numbers on my podcast decline steadily every week. Um, I'm going to keep doing this uh, until the number reaches zero And then I may double down looking for actually negative numbers. I'm not sure how you would get negative numbers in a podcast, but if anybody can get negative numbers, I can do it. Um, So, but for those of you that are out there, those uh, few people that still find the podcast funny and engaging, this is for you. Um, So I know the podcast is called My Mexican Mistakes because, Every week I make a lot of mistakes here in Mexico City and then tell you about them, which may actually not be the most compelling subject of a podcast, but it's what I like to talk about. But this week, I guess the only real mistake I made was whatever it was I ate on Monday because uh, I've been sick since Tuesday. I'm much better now, Um, but... Uh, So I haven't had the opportunity to get out and make a lot of mistakes since I made a pretty big one Monday, I guess. Although when I recount uh, to myself what it was that I ate, uh, there's really nothing that should have made me sick. So um, and, and really, this was just kind of a weird high fever with no other symptoms. So God knows what this was. I did get a visit from the doctor, which Let me tell you something. Doctors making house calls, I feel like I'm an extra in Marcus Welby, Welby, M.D., which was like a great show in the 70s about a really nice doctor who made house calls. Um, And I guess maybe I wouldn't even be an extra. I could almost be a semi-regular because since I've been here, I have had two visits from the doctor who makes house calls. Um, The name of the clinic is the Sinaloa Clinic, and since I watch El Señor de los Cielos, I haven't missed an episode of a season. Um, I, I don't know if Sinaloa Clinic is the way I would go to describe a medical clinic, but they show up. Um, and what I love about the doctor who makes, makes house calls is she's awesome and she wears her white lab coat. Um, on her house call visits, like, in case you have any doubt that she's a doctor, she has a white lab coat um, to make her house calls. And it reminds me of years ago when um, I did, uh, worked as a plaintiff's personal injury attorney, and one of the lawyers I worked for was taking the deposition of a doctor in a medical malpractice case. And the doctor wore his stethoscope in the deposition, which I thought was the wackiest thing I had seen. And, you know, you get very few laughs being a lawyer in a civil firm because, you know, time is money and you're not there to laugh. You're there to work, Um, which is one of the reasons why it didn't last too long. But um, I did think it was awesome that a doctor showed up for a deposition wearing a stethoscope. And the lawyer taking his deposition, who was not me, I was still kind of learning, But the lawyer who was taking his deposition, who um, uh, she'll go unnamed in this, but anybody who knows her knows she's a real battle axe. But anyway, she was chasing this doctor all over the room over this nonsense of wearing a stethoscope to a deposition. Um, So I loved the doctor who came to visit me when I was sick here in Mexico. Um, She's awesome from the Sinaloa Clinic, But I do kind of think it's funny and odd that she wears a lab coat um, for house calls. But I'll take it because, A, she makes house calls. B, it's really not that expensive considering it's a house call. And C, um, she gave me a shot. I had a terrible headache from the super high fever. So she gives me a shot and I said, well, what's in the shot? just because I was curious and she was giving me the shot. And she's like, oh, it's just a shot to make your headache better. And the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, I guess I could have pushed further on that inquiry. But she was a from the Sinaloa clinic, and B was about to give me something that was going to make my headache go away. I didn't care what it was. Um, and C, since it was a Sinaloa clinic, I was thinking, you know, it might be something good. Um Anyway, so, and then she also prescribed uh, something for me, and then the pharmacy delivers it. I mean, if you're sick, and you're in Mexico City, you don't ever have to leave your house. It's the worst when you're sick, and then you have to go to the doctor. But I'll tell you what's even worse than that. And my friend Ellen pointed it out to me, and I hope she's out there listening. I almost always end up quoting Ellen in one of my podcasts. Um, But Ellen said... That no, the worst thing is when you get out of the hospital, like if you're in the emergency room for something, and then you get out of the hospital, and then you have to go to Walgreens, the drugstore that everybody in Chicago has to go to. Um, You have to go to the Walgreens, and then you have to wait for your prescription to be filled. And that is really the worst. So here, you don't have those worries. Here, if you've got a couple of extra bucks in your hotel room. Um, you can have the doctor come to you, give you a shot for your headache and, uh, and then, you know, a prescription that is delivered to you. So I am totally on the mend or else I wouldn't be doing this podcast um, and I feel much better. But I haven't had the chance really, like I said, to make many mistakes or any, um, mainly because I've been stuck in my room so I want to tell you about something, a little bit more about Mexico City. Um, it, it's a wonderful combination of the old and the new. And I don't mean the architecture, although certainly that's true. I mean, you know, there's buildings hundreds of years old, and then there's buildings that look like they're from the Jetsons. Um, super futuristic. Gleaming towers. Um The new is uh, like, for example, when you go to a restaurant, if you're going to pay with your credit card, they don't take your credit card and disappear with it. I haven't seen that in any restaurant here. Um, And to be honest, it never really bothered me much uh, in Chicago when they take my credit card and disappear because they couldn't do much worse than I do with that credit card. But uh, here, I don't care where you're eating. If you're paying with a credit card, they bring the terminal, a very small terminal, like the size of maybe a calculator um, or uh, like a bigger iPhone. They bring it to the table and run it right there, which um, I never thought, like I said, to me walking away with my credit card never meant much. But now that I see how much more, how modern it is to run that credit card right in front of you and how easy it is. Because all of the restaurants have these little terminals they bring right to you. And uh, I think that's a great way to do business. Um, And uh, another way Mexico City is so modern is they have alerts for everything. Like there's alerts for earthquakes um, because they happen here pretty regularly. Um, There's always alerts. Like the people are very plugged in. And then uh, another way they're very modern is, and maybe even a better word, is so much more civilized. And I know I talked about this before, but I still think it's the greatest thing. Again, wherever you go, if you're a woman, there is a little tree for you to hang your uh, purse on. And, you know, it rains here all the time. So frequently people are wandering around with umbrellas. I'm one of them. And the little tree, you know, has all these spokes sticking out of it. You can put your umbrella on that. So it's not like when I'm in Chicago and we're going out to eat and we have to hope, like, there's one chair that's empty so we can all throw our purses and bags and coats on it. No. Here, everybody gets a little rack to hang their stuff up on. Uh, So it's awesome. Now, for the the old, there's... Old things here, I shouldn't say old things, but there's things that are retro that remind me very much of uh, you know, what was good when I was growing up. For example, magazine stands, newspaper stands. On almost every corner on big streets, there are newspaper stands that sell newspapers. Um, there's a novelty. Magazines, candy, cigarettes, gum, uh, little combs, little bottles of hand sanitizer. I mean, anything you can imagine, you can buy at the magazine stand. Uh, that you, anything you need on the go. And they're all over. It's not like, oh, there's one. Uh, they're all over on every corner and every big street, and it's an absolute pleasure to see the magazine stands. Um, and another great thing, full-service gas stations. Now, I'm not driving here because I think you've really taking your life in your own hands and the lives of others, more importantly, when you drive here. I can barely get across the street. But um, I do appreciate and love the fact that they have full-service gas stations. I'm sure there's self-service gas stations, too. I've just noticed the full-service ser- gas stations because there's nothing more I love than service. And I am here to tell you, and it's not like I've been all over the world, because I haven't, but I've traveled a bit in the States and a little bit in Europe, and I have never seen better service in my life than here in Mexico City. And I think that um, it's something that everybody can everybody can learn from. Um, people here are wonderful, and uh, they really take care of you wherever you go. And anybody who knows me knows how much I love to be taken care of because I really can't take care of myself at all. Um, And so my adventure of moving to Mexico City, while it might have sounded like, oh, you're so brave to move to Mexico City, a city of 23 million people, um, one of the biggest cities, if not the biggest city in the world, Um, but it probably isn't the biggest city in the world. I'll bet there's like cities in China that or bigger, um, and probably India too. But I'll tell you something, the city is huge, huge. And although it might sound, like I said, like intimidating, like moving to Mexico City. No, this is the perfect place to move if you like to be taken care of because everybody here is wonderful. And I couldn't ask for um, like just better treatment from people, uh, no matter where you go. People are nice and happy and always, you know, if you need help in a store, they're there for you. Um, We, anybody who has shopped recently at like the big department stores in Chicago knows you have to hunt far and wide for a salesperson. It's like an in search of episode. Where is the salesperson? Where can I pay for these overpriced goods? No, if you're here in Mexico City, The stores are filled with salespeople. You don't have to wait to pay for your stuff because they're right there. And weirdly, and this is another throwback thing, there's Sears here, um, the Sears department stores. And there's a big one not too far from where I'm staying. And I was just wandering around, you know, just kind of checking it out. And it's a lovely department store. And um, the people, there were salespeople all over looking to help. So again, it's something that we've lost in the States that exists uh, throughout Mexico City. Great service. Um, shoe shines, uh, not that I'm getting a shoe shine, um, but there are like the newspaper stands, there are shoe shine uh, guys, you know, giving out shoe shines. Um, and so that's another thing that you never see. I think. There may be maybe one office building in the city that still has it, but um, for the most part, that's gone. Um, and so the things that are here in Mexico City that would remind you of the past, great things from the past exist here, and they're just fun to see and great to take part in. Um, okay, so there is something that goes on in Mexico City, and... It's almost like the mark of Mexico City. And, um, you know, there's uh, Mexican independence. Um, they, people who are familiar with that will talk about El Grito, the scream that began the fight for independence. It's, you know, very famous. Um, it's like, you know, the Boston Tea Party, like throwing the boxes of tea into the uh, ocean. The scream, Historically, it's a huge event, um, and I'm totally not doing it justice with that description or analogy at all, but it's huge, and it's when Mexico declared their independence, El Grito, the scream. I would say the modern version of the scream is, are the people that drive around the city on trucks, or in trucks, I should say, um, and they are looking to buy your old junk. Um, and I, t- I talked a little bit about it on Facebook. A um, couple of days ago, I think I put up a clip of the truck that goes down the street that I live on. But I want to tell you a little bit more about that here. Um, and I guess it could tie into mistakes because what it is is this. Let me first explain what it is. There are trucks. Um, like small pickup trucks with about six men in these trucks that drive around the city playing a recording of a woman's voice calling out uh, to bring them, uh, and they will buy your old crap, basically. And they list the things that they will buy from you um, for scrap. uh, And it's a great way, and maybe they don't pay for it. You know, I could have that wrong, which could, of course, tie into Mexican mistakes. I'm assuming they pay you for it, but maybe it's just, hey, we'll take your old junk. Um, but I think they do buy it, um, or they do pay for it. But anyway, so there's, there's, I don't know how many of these trucks exist, but they drive through the city all day long playing this tape over and over and over again of this woman's voice letting you know, you know, they're in the house, they're around, and they're here to take all your old stuff, and they list the things that they'll take, but I don't think the list is exclusive. I think you could pretty much bring them anything, Um, which if you're moving, you know, who wouldn't want a truck to pull up and take all your old crap? Um, But uh, here, so now... It's one recording. I don't know how many of these trucks exist. I don't know how many of these recordings exist. All I can tell you is all of these trucks, wherever they are in the city, are playing this tape over and over and over and over again. Well, the first time I heard it, which was the first day I got here, I just thought it was some kind of a protest. Um, And I got here on a Sunday and I thought, oh, maybe somebody is protesting something. I mean, there's plenty to protest, so, you know, why not? And I heard it, and uh, and then I thought the protest was, like, right in front of my hotel because it got super loud, but I couldn't see a protest. And then the voice faded. And then I heard it again a few hours later and then a few hours later, and a few hours later. And I still believed it was a protest because I couldn't understand any of the words. Um, Mainly because the tape is, well, it's not the highest quality, but also because, oh yeah, my Spanish is, you know, really bad. So anyway, this went on for three or four days. And I just assumed every time I heard it, it was a protest. Then I was in Coyoacan waiting in line to get into the Frida Kahlo museum. This is nowhere near my hotel and I heard the voice. And I was like, "Wait, what? Are are they following me?" And I thought maybe they were protesting me in Mexico because how could this how could this how could I be hearing the same thing in Coyoacan that I heard in Condesa? Thank God the couple in front of me, also waiting in line, were from the States, and their Spanish might have been worse than mine. So I totally wanted to make them my new BFFs um, so I could lord my Spanish over them, which you can imagine how bad theirs was. And I, the guy said to the girl, oh, my God, are they following us? And I realized we had the same experience. And I said, wait, I thought they were following me. And he goes, I think they're following us. And then somebody ahead of them in line, um, who spoke Spanish, explained that, no, the <laughs> this has nothing to do with protests. And don't take it personally. They're all over the city and they're collecting things, um, old things, basically for scrap. Um, and so I was relieved. And I was also glad, like, it wasn't a protest because I thought they really didn't get very far if they were protesting. Um, And so uh, I listened more closely the next time they came around. And little by little, I was able to identify the various words on this recording. And the recording is about maybe 10 seconds. I don't know. I've come to learn that that recording is so closely identified with Mexico City that there's actually uh, a mixtape of like a mix with the tape of the woman in the background and then uh, like overdubbed and overproduced with a lot of electronic music. And I'm gonna put it on my Facebook page um, and you can listen to it yourself. Um, The story of the tape is that there was a guy who was a scrap metal guy and he would drive around in his truck and he would yell these things out constantly. And here's basically, uh, now I'm going to say this in Spanish, uh, just to torment you and continue to lose listeners. And then I'm going to explain what the words are. So it begins, se compran," which I think means we buy, colchones, which is a mattress. But the woman says it like, colchones. And then uh, the next thing is, tambores, which I don't know what that is because it says in Google Translate that's a drum. And I don't think they're looking for drum kits. So that's got to be a word for something else in the house that is um, synonymous with drums. Then she goes, refrigeradores, refrigerators. Uh, Then lavadores, which I thought were toilets, but they're washers. Estufas, which I thought were uh, couches, sofas, but they're stoves. Um, Then, microondas, microwaves. And then she says, o algo de fiero viejo que vendón, which I think basically means any other old shit you've got in your house. Pardon my swearing. Um, And so I guess this guy and guys who worked in the same field They would yell this out all day long over and over and over and over again, you know, on the street. And it really was wearing and tearing at this poor man's voice. And so he decided to have his, like, 10-year-old daughter make this recording. And that is, and that was like back in the 80s maybe, and that is still the recording they use today. So while I thought it was a woman protesting something, it's actually a little girl saying going through this list. And if you have a chance, go to my Facebook page and just listen to the mix um, because you'll hear the recording. Also, I did I made a recording of my own, um, and you can hear her with this, and it just goes on and on and on with refrigeradores. Uh, You know, estufas, lavadoras. Uh, My Spanish accent is awful, and I know. Um, But I don't think I'm that much worse than that tape, I'll be honest. Anyway, so it's, you know, I learned what it was. I did some research. I've listened to it over and over and over again. And then here's what happens. On Sunday, I go to the movies here to see a great movie, by the way, uh, from Argentina. And as a side note, the movie theaters are just awesome. First of all, there's a ton of people working in them. So you're not waiting in line for a year at the concession stand. Um, And everybody's nice and helpful, uh, which is another thing that I find odd coming from uh, Chicago in the movie theaters where they all act like they're doing you a big favor. Um, And there's just a few of them. In Mexico City, there's a ton of people working at the movie theaters. Um, so, but I go see this movie, and of course, just like any movie theater, you get the coming attractions. So, there's a coming attraction for a movie called Cindy la Reia, which is, I guess, translated as Cindy the Princess, Cindy la Reia. And I've learned that Cindy the Princess is a was a very popular comic strip here, and it's a comic that makes fun. Of a girl named Cindy, who's a princess from Monterey and uh, very spoiled and uh silly and kind of shallow and speaks kind of in social media blips and you know is focused on her Instagram account and things like that, and uh, just making fun of that kind of girl and I guess uh, when i uh maybe back you know twenty years ago we would have called these girls valley girls i 'm not sure what they 're called now but they're the girls who, like, take pictures of everything that they eat and drink and put it on their Instagram, and uh, you know the girl. And so this comic strip uh, character, Cindy Larreia, is hugely popular uh, in Mexico, I've learned. And now a movie has come out about her, and it looks funny. Um, and, but in the opening of the preview this girl, Cindy, who has left her home in Monterey, is calling home to her mother. And her mother answers the phone and you can see they have like a huge house and a maid and everything. And the mother's like, Cindy, where where, where are you? I'm so worried about you. Where did you go? And while Cindy's standing there on her phone talking to her mom outside, all of a sudden you hear the tape, say, compran colchones, tambores, so on and so forth. And it was startling to hear that in the movie, I'd like to point out. But when her mother hears that tape, her mother screams, oh, my God, are you in Mexico City? And then the movie, the rest of the preview kicks off. Um, I could not believe that that tape that I hear, I don't know, 10,000 times a day um, is in a movie. But I've learned that it's so popular, that there are songs where they use that, like I said. So uh, it, it, is a, it is the rallying cry of Mexico City, if you ask me, and has eclipsed El Grito as the most important yell in Mexico City. Um, but that's not the only uh, recorded tape. Uh, I'm sure not recorded tape, the only recording uh, that goes on in the streets that you hear all the time. There's one that I don't hear as often, um, and it's certainly more appealing because it involves selling food, but um, it's a tape where uh, this guy, in the same kind of weird, almost uh, complaining tone, but he's not complaining, it's kind of nasal, It's it, it's just a funny tape to listen to, but he's selling tamales. But the person who's got the tamale cart, isn't yelling, it's a tape. And the tape uh, says, ricos tamales, oaxaqueños, calientitos. Again, I'm sorry for my terrible Spanish accent, but basically he's saying, I'm selling delicious tamales in the style of Oaxacan tamales. Um, And by the way, I'm super proud of myself for pronouncing oaxaqueños, I think correctly. Because if you looked at that word and saw him